today joining us, I'm honored to welcome Shahid Pira. He's founder of the Creative Floor Healthcare Awards and co-founder of Adventures and Global Creative and Strategy Lead. So we're so excited to have Shahid here and he has so many exciting things going on with his CV, and I can't wait to ask additional questions. But we really want to talk today about, you know, how do you inspire your creative teams to deliver award-winning creative? And, you know, there's probably a lot to unpack in there because you also have to make sure you have clients that will help you get there as well. So I'm just so curious to hear what your experiences are, Shahid. Hi, Tina, and thank you for the invitation. It, yeah, it's, it's a real honor to be here with you today. Well, in my previous life, I was you know, creative director of a couple of agencies, publicists being the main one, which I was the ECD for about 10 years. Um, so I guess the answer will come really from my experience of running creative departments during that time. I don't know, I'm trying to think of something different <laughs> to what everyone sort of knows about, you know, how do you get great work out and how do you win an award? I guess the first thing to say is, and again, I'm not saying anything that maybe you know, a lot of your listeners don't know already, but I think when you're working in pharma and you're working in healthcare, I think most of us working on these brands and working on the briefs, you know, the work can be so powerful to, to the people that it's going to in the end that an award is just a nice side effect of doing work that makes a difference to people's lives, even if it's just one person's life. And I'm sure, you know, many, many people who are listening to this will have their own experiences of work that has affected either themselves or, or people close to them, or, or just heard stories of how their work have, you know, maybe just helped people. And, you know, whether or not that wins an award or not, I don't think is that important. And that sounds weird coming from somebody who runs an award, but awards are just a really lovely side effect. I guess to your question about how you do it, I don't think there's necessarily a, a diamond bullet that sort of works for everyone or all agencies. I guess, I guess just thinking at the top of my head, I can just share a couple of learnings that I had um, that sort of came to me over a, a period of time rather than something that, that was just obvious. I think, I think the first thing to say is, is a track record of the creative director leading that agency yeah. Is, is imperative like you know you can't say you know you know what a great idea is or you know how to win an award if you haven't done it yourself so that's sort of a given right I think everyone yeah. anyone in that position needs to have proven themselves so you know there's an element of trust and, and faith in in that person's judgment I think that the really interesting learning that I had which again as I say wasn't obvious to me when I first started that role was autonomy and I think there's a there's a classic perception of creative directors, you know, maybe sitting on a throne <laughs> and having having work presented to them and you sort of decide what lives and dies. You know, that, that's one way of doing it. And I, I don't criticize anyone who, who does do that. If it works, that's great. But I, I really found doing the opposite had had a huge amount of impact on the work and the quality of the work and the quality um, of people's development. And that was giving almost 100 percent autonomy to the people that were hired and people that were part of the creative department. Yeah. You know, n none of us hire stupid people, but we'll, we'll, we'll hire, you know, incredibly smart creative types or, or just people with a great science mind or whatever. And, and actually sometimes when they're presenting an idea, sometimes it's not necessarily the idea that you would have come up with, or it might not have been the approach that you would have done, but that's okay. You know, I think, I think that's a learning that I had too, where if you're really looking at something and you don't quite understand it, it's probably because you've never seen it before. And if you've never seen it before, that's probably quite a good thing. Or if you don't know how you could even execute, or how you could even achieve, that's probably quite a good thing because right. now all of a sudden you've got a journey that everyone's going to learn on and hopefully there'll be something original that comes out of it. So I think autonomy was a big lesson for me in terms of how to 
you know, how to get really cool work out. I think you know, leading from the front rather than behind was another lesson that I learned. Again, this is sort of a classic perception of a creative director <laughs> sitting on their throne, <laughs> watching their teams go into battle and, you know, just watching them die in the background and go and just getting you know, more, more fresh meat to go into yeah. battle. Again, I sort of found the opposite was, was kind of more fruitful. You know, you're sort of there with the, with the teams, you know, you're there when they succeed and you're also there, you know, when, when work gets, gets shot down, you're sort of there with them on the, on the battlefield. So I think that really helps. It sort of makes people feel that they're not alone, yeah. um, which is really important in today's world because everyone is working from home and kind of is alone, you know, and that's kind of, I don't know, I, I, I guess, you know, they're the only sort of two things I would share that maybe haven't necessarily been spoken about at length before. But I mean, yeah, I don't know if that's answered your question, but yeah, that's kind of my answer, I guess. It totally has. And I think that, you know, as as a creative, you're often, you know, some people say you're only as good as your latest idea. So, you know, creative folks really need to be nurtured And I think that autonomy is so important to that. I don't think I've ever thrived in a situation where I didn't have it. So, you know, when I was doing the work and leading the brands myself, so I just love that. I'm dying to ask you, I loved when I saw this Guinness Book of World Records, world's largest robot for the NFL. Can, do you mind if we talk a little bit about that? I found that to be so fascinating. (laughs) God, it was such a long time ago now. I'm sure somebody's beaten it. So I was, <laughs> God, how old was I? God, I, I was black and white back then. I was working at an agency called Abbott Mead Vickers, AMV. It's, it's, a, it's part of Omnicom, BBDO, very sort of famous consumer agency. And yeah. I think it, it was one of those really crazy briefs that just came it was in the it was in the days where everyone had an office and I was sort of like two years into my first job, me and my partner. We had a little box office. Yeah, somebody just popped their head through the door, one of the project managers, and said, oh, we're pitching for the NFL. And the NFL, uh, it was like the first time they were basically hosting a match in in London, in in Wembley Stadium. And we were pitching, I I remember at the time, because it was really, it was really cool. We were pitching against some really hot, like, hot agencies at the time in London we were pitching against Fallon you know back in the day when 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 Fallon was at the at the height of their reputation we were pitching against Mother and I think we were also pitching against Widens at the time and it wasn't a huge budget it wasn't anything like that but I think the prestige of working with the NFL for their first football match in London was you know enough of of a motivation for the agency to throw some ideas at it and yeah, so they just sort of came in and, and we had to just do some ideas by the end of the day. And, and it was all being presented the next the next morning. So it, it was just one of the most random things ever. So they said, look, you know, the NFL is coming and we need to do something that basically gets us on the news. I mean, it was enough to get on the news just having the NFL coming over anyway. Right. So after about literally a couple of hours of just throwing some ideas around, we, me and my partner... And we just sort of said, okay, look, you know, the, the Americans, you know, they don't do things by halves, right? As, <laughs> as British people over in the UK, we're very reserved, right? You know, we, you know, we, we, we're very, you know, we're complete opposite when, we, when it comes to, you know, promoting ourselves. So we just said, let's just play on that. You know, when, when the NFL team arrive at Heathrow Airport, let's do the equivalent, like a Trojan march, if you like, um, all the way from Heathrow to Wembley Stadium. So the original idea, actually, we were going to, it was going to be led by the world's largest robot, which was, you know, made as, as the, I can't remember what his name was now. He was like the big sort of superstar footballer. So we were going to create a robot 
of him, basically, and he was going to be leading the march. We were going to have helicopters. Of, we were going to have just like a, a miles worth log of limos, cheerleaders, fireworks. It was just crazy. And that was the idea. It was like, you know, we're here. And we're going to, we've landed and we're going to walk all the way to Wembley Stadium and hopefully that will get enough traction. And I remember just drawing it really quickly. It was, it was a very quick scam. <laughs> they just sent it to the client. It was, it wasn't um, a formal pitch. It wasn't, uh, you know, we're going to get on a call. We're going to take you through all these insights. And we're going to take you through our, our ideas and our thinking. It was literally, here's a drawing. Here's a synopsis of the idea. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, it's kind of cool as well. And yeah, we literally, it was so mad. So the idea came up very quickly. It was a very, my, anyone who's worked with me will know how bad my drawings are. It was a, it was a Shahid standard drawing, very, very poor, very basic. And yeah, we found out about three or four days later that we'd won it because they loved the idea. Unfortunately, the budget didn't stretch to helicopters, it didn't stretch to limos, <laughs> but it did stretch to building the robot. And we, we weren't unfortunately able to do the march from Heathrow to Wembley. So as a second option, the robot basically just walked around Trafalgar Square. And of course, that was enough for it to get on the news. And the mayor of London was promoting it. And I think Christian Slater was also over promoting it as well. So yeah, it was kind of cool, you know, that they're sort of on the news <laughs> talking about it. And in the background, you've just got this robot walking around. And I think I think it was two and a half times the size of a double-decker bus. One of honestly, one of the most random ideas. And it was, you know, most ideas are just hard work to get out and you know blood sweat and tears but we, this was <laughs> but this was like winning the lottery it was like here's a scamp oh we've won it and then a few months later it was made you know I didn't physically have to make it or anything it was it's pretty easy yeah. so yeah I got lucky with that one well it's interesting I always struggled with the billable hourly rate because the best ideas come up in a moment you know and then it's a matter of how you execute that and, and make it real, right? I'd love to hear what your experience as president of Can Lions Health and Wellness. I um I judged there, I think it was 2016 or 17, I think. And I, I think the job of a president is 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 a big one. So I would love to hear your experience. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It well, I know everyone says that, you know, I've been going to Cannes and you know having having a week in the, in the, at the south of France is is magical any any time of the year really so it was it was wonderful I think you know as as cliched as it sounds but the, honestly the best thing about it was just the friends that you make and, and and the work that you see I mean I guess um I didn't really let the moment or or the title really get to me because I didn't really think about it it was really interesting I'm, I'm just sort of I'm just recalling the experience now because I was told in October 2018 and they announced it, I think, January 2019. So I had a few months of, of living with it publicly. And right. I think you end up going down in June. Yeah. yeah. So you had a, have a few months. And, and I remember between sort of January and June, you know, there's a, lo there's a little bit of hype at the time. You know, you're kind of, you know, it gets, you, you kind of get promoted about. And even within the agency itself, you know, there's a lot of like, everyone's very excited and everyone keeps asking you, like, how do you feel? And I'm just there going, well, I just feel the same. I didn't, I didn't really think about it. And I, and I sort of did that intentionally because I didn't really want to <laughs> be, I didn't, I didn't want it to sort of frighten me. Because I, you know, sure. I knew that the award show was going to have like, you know, uh, you know, hundreds, if not, you know, a thousand people there and 
all that sort of and I knew that I knew that there were a lot of eyes on me right. and right. and the work but I just didn't really allow it to I, I just disconnected the title I disconnected the responsibility until yeah. I got there and then you can't I mean it's really cool I mean I can I may, I'll just I maybe could share a few things that maybe people wouldn't expect me to say or, or no so it's really great because everything's free when you're the president so you know you, you arrive there a week before everyone else does and you get picked up in an s-class mercedes it's amazing you get chauffeur driven to a hotel you know you feel like a superstar but you're not but you just sort of get treated yeah. like one you, you know you get to your hotel room there you know there's a there's a you know a couple of bottles of champagne waiting for you and there's a there's a whole itinerary <laughs> waiting for you, which basically, that's when it hit me, actually, when I saw the itinerary yeah. and I just thought, my God, I haven't got a second. I literally haven't got a second to myself here. I'm, I'm literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm on call from eight in the morning yeah. and, you know, I'm sort of doing like 12, 13 hour days. And then I've got like agency work to do. Cause I remember we were really busy at the time and me being out of the office for right. seven or eight days was hard because, you know, there were still kind of things that I had to do. So you know, it was a bit, it was, it was very hard from that perspective. But, and I, I think when you start, when you get into the room and you see who you're in a room with, I mean, there, there were some incredible people there who had been working in the industry, like double my experience. You know, they were, there were some real sort of superstars and legends in that room. So, so that kind of hit me a bit. Cause I just thought, well, I, you know, I've, I've got to be the dude here that tries to, has to sort of like corral all these, all these people who are very strongly opinionated right. together. And I had, I had sort of in the back of my mind, you know, cause every single year, let's be frank, when it, whatever wins can, there are always people that are going to, you know, moan about it in right. any award show to be fair, because, you know, you can't win everything all of the time and all award shows to an extent, you have a bunch of people at a moment in time looking at a, a set of work and you could look at the same amount of work with a different set of people in a different moment in time. And, you know, chances are you're going to get a different result. Yeah. Maybe not so much with the Grand Prix or the top awards, but certainly when you're looking at bronzes and silvers and, you know, maybe even golds. Right. But there is 80% of work where, you know, it, it, it could be anyone's on any given day. So yeah. I, I kind of knew that after the award shows or after when, once the awards were, were being given that I was going to be a target for many agencies in terms of moaning about why certain things didn't win. So here's the conundrum. When you're president, you don't actually get to vote on any work, <laughs> which is really annoying. So yeah. you're, you're literally sat there for, you know, days on end and you're tapping on an iPad, giving something a vote, but you can't vote because it doesn't count. My only vote, the only vote actually that I have is when there's a tie and there's a disagreement yeah. that's when I can you know have a vote or you know obviously I can have an opinion but I can't actually make a vote that was hard you know for somebody who yeah. wants to vote early at the first day I just sort of set a few parameters because I didn't want I knew all of us were going to be targets regardless of what we were happy with <laughs> and I just said we've got to be really strict here in terms of how we can justify the difference between a bronze and a silver and a silver and a gold and let's just come up with our own criteria because can don't give you a criteria it's just whatever you like yeah. and there's nothing worse than somebody coming up to a judge and going you know why didn't I get an award why didn't I why did this get a bronze and why did that not get anything or why did this get a silver and why did that get a bronze you know I'm really unhappy if your only answer is well I like it it's, it's not good enough you know th yeah. these entries are really expensive and and there has to be a level of respect to people because everyone's worked really hard all the work that's gone into it I sort of set the, the parameters and tone as well 
And that was cool. Everyone agreed. Everyone's really, that really helped as the days went on because the moment, you know, tiredness kicked with people, we were like, okay, we'll just remember this is what you said a bronze was. And does it do all of those things? Yes. Great. Okay. Now this is what we said a silver was. Does it do any of these things? No. Okay, great. Well, it's a bronze. So it was all re- it was really helpful. And then when I started comparing that to the other jury rooms that were going on, those right. that hadn't set any type of agenda or parameters of, of what they were looking at within each of those sections, they were constantly arguing. They were, you know, working till 10, 11 o'clock at night. We were easy. Like we would turn up at maybe 9.30 and we would be out of there by four o'clock every day. And in fact, even when we were doing all the golds and the Grand Prix, it was done within about 15 minutes. That was really fantastic. Yeah, so that was the judging was relatively easy just because I think starting off on, on the right foot and setting some rules was great. That was really fantastic. Some of the things that people might not know is that there's a lot of lobbying going on at, at an award show like Cannes. So for six months, I was being lobbied, believe it or not. Everyone was, everyone was getting in touch with me. They were either emailing me or they were adding me on Facebook or FaceTiming me. So there was a lot of that going on, which which was really sad. I mean, I, I didn't entertain it. I just sort of polite nice to meet you, my friend, but I, I can't look at this work. I'm really sorry. There's also quite a lot of lobbying while you're judging as well. And there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of scam work. I don't believe can, even though they say they've got it all sorted out with their algorithms. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily, I've seen it. I've been there. It's not as uh, robust as they they like to say it is. I mean, when you're looking at 1,500 pieces of work, it, it's impossible to, to highlight all the scam work and it's impossible to keep an eye on all the sort of backhanders that are going on. Having been said that, I think, you know, the Grand Prix and the Golds, they were, you know, I'd sort of hang my reputation on those being the best. And that was my only real thing, really. I just, I, I wanted to sort of stand by the Golds and the Grand Prix and make sure that they were head and shoulders above everything else. So that was cool. And once the Grand Prix was awarded, which was the IKEA disables work at the time, you know, that I was really happy with that. And I, and I, I yeah, that was amazing. And I, and I sort of thought that there isn't going to be a single person who's going to disagree with this, you know, outside of the judging room or at all. And no one did. So after you do that, there's a sense, huge sense of relief. And, and then you do lo- loads of press interviews. That's fun, actually, because you're kind of exhausted, but you're, you're so engrossed with the work that actually talking about it and how things are awarded is actually quite easy just because you've been living with it for a number of days then it then it starts getting scary again because then you've got the award show and you've got and I didn't so (laughs) I didn't prepare anything for the award show like in terms of speaking like what to say I prepared absolutely nothing and on the day of the award show they called all the presidents and say right we've got a rehearsal and I'm just there going oh my god I've got nothing to rehearse (laughs) and then you go down there and you you kind of see the stage you see all the seats and it's like I mean yeah it, it's pretty that is pretty intimidating because it looks like a tv show set anyway that was kind of fun it wasn't really a rehearsal other than just, this is how to walk and this is how to stand <laughs> rather than saying anything and then about two three hours later you've got the actual night you're backstage they've got this little room which is full of food full of alcohol um, I didn't touch any of them so I didn't want to sort of you know have an accident they just throw up with nerves or anything like that <laughs> And then that's kind of it. You're sort of in the background and, and then they call, then they usher you through when it's your turn to go up and, and speak. And then I just remember being backstage 
just sneaking through the curtains and like the way that it's all lit you can't actually see the audience it's completely pitch black which is a bit of a godsend but you just you just know there's just a hell of a lot of people in that darkness (laughs) and you can just see one who's the au pair and he just calls you know calls your name you go up there and then he asks you a few questions and you just yeah I just I just made it up on the spot and I it probably it probably sounded like I was making it up as well and that was it and then you we gave the awards out but what was really magical and what was really special about that whole moment was the IKEA disables case study the, the guy who was in the case study who had cerebral palsy who created you know this amazing incredible idea he was the writer so he was there so he came up on stage and he was another guy um was in a wheelchair um, but they had to get him out of the chair because there wasn't wheelchair access to get up onto the stage. And he had to walk up a couple of times. And, you know, he had his old agency there helping him. And when he walked up to pick up the first gold, I mean, it was just like, it was like something out of a movie. I just felt like so honored to be able to, to, to sort of be part of this person's story. And, yeah. and then when he, they won the Grand Prix, then he came up for the second time. And yeah, it was, it was really moving. I mean, I, I don't really, I can't remember the last time I cried, but I was very close, really made. Wow. It, it was a really lovely, just a really crazy experience. That's so nice. I love that you really brought that back to life for me. So I really appreciate that. I, you know, having judged, I had some of the same experience as a judge. So I, I can picture everything that you were talking about and you kind of brought it, my memories back too. So that was really, really wonderful to hear that. I would love also, obviously, I mean, oh. the creative floor 10 years ago. So tell me about your experience. God, let me go back a bit. So yeah, I'd been working in healthcare for about two, three years. And yeah. in, the, in the first two years, I'd pretty much won every award going within pharma. And I think, I think everyone who's been working in this industry would probably reflect that over the last sort of 10, 10, 11 years or so, the work has just progressed. Yeah. It's recognizable to what it is today versus back then. So I won a lot of awards. Again, everyone who's been in this industry for long enough will probably reflect. It wasn't that hard to win awards, you know, 10, 11 years ago. And like, you know, like most creatives, when you're going to an award show or whatever, you, you know, it, it's very creatives love to moan, you know, at, at sort of award shows and what's won and what's not won. And, and I found it a little bit hard to get my head around that I thought it was great that healthcare had its own award shows, but I found it quite hard to sort of look at my own work and go, well, I've just won, you know, like 36 awards at the IPA awards this year. I've won the best of show. It sort of swept the board. But if I'd put this into DNA, it wouldn't even get into the book. And I just saw that there was this massive like gap. and, And I was looking at all these award shows and I just thought, you know, well, what are these, what are these award shows actually doing for our industry? You know, what are they doing to help attract better talent? Let's be honest, we have the best, you know, healthcare agencies, pharma industry, as tough of it as it is with regulations, etc. They are the best briefs, without a doubt, you know, you're working on a drug, an HIV drug, or COVID vaccination, or whatever, they are the best briefs. So, yeah. you know, why is the work the way the work is? And, and it's a talent issue as far as I'm, I was concerned and am concerned about that. I didn't feel there was enough talent that was exposed to the healthcare industry because most people in our industry sort of fall into it by accident. It's not something that they necessarily know exists. Yeah. So I just sort of felt that the award shows, the pharma award shows hadn't really done much to really expose more diversity or different types of talent. Looking at it, I also was quite, reflective that you know there weren't many people that looked like me I mean I'm somebody of color from a sort of Asian background and you know I was just a little bit bored of being the same 
you know, the only person of my color in in the agency or in a meeting room or anything like that right. and and I just thought there were just so many holes <laughs> there were so many yeah. issues and I just thought and you know award shows aren't the answer to all of these issues but they certainly are in a position to do something to help the industry so I just thought well look you know rather than moan, be, be another person moaning at another award show why don't I try something different if you look at most award shows you know regardless of who wh- what they are they generally have the same people judging them right and certainly back there it's just the same group of people judging different award shows so you know you kind of know if, if one award show starts in January and you see what the winners are by the time you get to December you, you, it's predictable you know what, what what work is constantly going to win and what con- work is constantly not going to win because you've essentially got the same people judging it at every single award show so I just thought well why don't we bring in a judging panel that has healthcare specialists, but also has specialists from outside. So if you're judging film categories, wouldn't it be fantastic if you got a Hollywood director to give you a perspective? Mm. If you were judging apps, looking at work that was in the digital space or services or whatever, wouldn't it be fantastic to get a, a tech billionaire to, to give his opi- or her opinion on it or, or whatever? Or if you're looking at a, a photo- photography category, wouldn't it be fantastic to get ranking or, or people who are at the top of their field actually taking photos and rather than a a copywriter in in a healthcare agency in Australia you know so it was almost just trying to sort of bring different perspectives bring a little bit of sexiness I guess to pharma and also invertedly exposing pharma to the outside world in a slightly more interesting way and I also thought well you know what are these award shows actually doing to promote talent or to promote diversity for ad agencies what are they doing to promote that pipeline so there is an amazing award show over in the UK called DNAD it's obviously a massive global award show and that's exactly what they do so but pharma didn't have its equivalent and DNAD as far as I'm concerned aware is the only award show in the world that actually has an element of educating and and helping young or new talent into agencies. So I thought, well, maybe I could do the equivalent for farmer agencies and help people from underrepresented communities into agencies or give them a chance of, you know, working on some healthcare briefs and and, and just creating a different type of pipeline for, for them. So again, like an award show that basically puts back and raises money for charity. So that was the second thing that I thought we could do. And then the third point, I found it quite interesting that every award show, in most cases back then, the creatives would take all the credit and creatives rightfully should take credit. But, you know, look, I've been doing this for a long time as, as and I'm sure you you would echo this too. It's not just the creatives that are responsible for getting great work out. It's the person who picks up the cups at the end of the day. It's the project management, it's the strategy, it's the patients, it's the client. You know, it's yeah. it's the MD that says, yes, let's take a punt on. You know, it's it's a whole chain of, of talent and people. So I thought, let's have a space for that. Let's have a space for awarding talent. Let's have a space for awarding the bravest clients. And I also really wanted to fix the category conundrum as well. Like one of the biggest moanings of most award shows is how can anyone have a chance of winning an award like an on-branded work and it's you're going up against a charity. Yeah. So again, it was like four little areas that I was really unhappy with. And, and I just thought, well, I'll, I'll fix it. So that's kind of it. That was the idea. And yeah. I put my money where my mouth is. I spent a year building this, this platform and building the back end. And I'd never done anything like this before, but <laughs> you just want to do it. And then we launched and, and this was eight years ago. And what I hadn't realized was can had all of a sudden launched the health and wellness and pharma award show. And I just thought, oh, 
<laughs> well, here we go. Because and, and there was no warning. For, you know, we had literally planned it, or I, you know, we launched in January, and then about a week later or two weeks later, it was like, oh, can can's here now in pharma. Hello, and I just thought, okay, well, no one's going to enter this a little award show, then are they? I mean, cans all of a sudden just popped its head up and you know who's going to care about this little thing here <laughs> you know we hadn't even had a we hadn't even had one award show i mean you're going up against like you know the the death star of award shows here but i think the creative floor resonated with with a few people well i say more than a few people and you know we, we sort of broke even in the first year we had enough work to actually have an award show and yeah, that's eight years later. And it's just been a roller coaster. It's been the best thing I've ever done. I mean, honestly, like we've raised this year, we'll have raised, I think it's coming up to a hundred thousand pounds for our talent diversity fund. You know, we've 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 helped, I mean, it's all on our website. So everyone, we've got to update it actually, but everyone can see some of the projects that the fund has gone and helped, you know, one year. I think we helped over 260 kids, healthcare briefs and agency experience. You know, one year we'd, we'd helped some kids in Brooklyn and, and, and the East London work with McCann on a suicide prevention brief. And the, I think the kids from London won it. They got flown out to the States. They got to make the work and then the work set a Guinness Book of Records. And so, you know, what we do is is what we do and and the industry I'm fortunate enough to be supported by the industry and yeah they, they, I think yeah I don't know I don't know I can't remember what the question was <laughs> but no, yeah I'm that's kind of been a bit about the journey yeah, yeah it was it was just all about it and I and I love so many aspects of it I love the idea of getting the director or the photographer so somebody again also somebody outside of the circle not only are they experts but they're mm. also outside of completely outside of the circle so they're completely unbiased you know they don't know the person behind <laughs> or the or the it's also so I, totally I, I think it's also about making the, the work feel a bit more special so for example like this year we've got George Louis on the judging panel mm-hmm. so George Louis like the original madman you know I mean yeah. if it wasn't yeah. for people oh. like George Louis in the 60s right. Right. I mean, you, you, I mean, you don't really have a much of a creative revolution. So now, anyone entering the creative floor by having their work in front of somebody like that yeah. is is. I mean, I wish I I wish I could enter work into it. I mean, I mean, it's you know, it's one of the sort of un, unfortunate side effects. I don't judge the work. I can't enter my own work. But I, I guess that's the thing, right? Like, who? I mean, George Louis probably never judged anyone's farmer work before, but no, but this I, year, I, anyone entering will have it in front of him so yeah it's it's making what we do special and I think bringing those outside experts into it make it special regardless of whether you win or not it doesn't matter right I mean any anyone who's a fan of our industry I mean yeah what what an honor to have somebody like that give an opinion on your work absolutely what and I think that did the deadline pass or when's the deadline it's today actually um it's it's, well the final well (laughs) It's the final fight. Well, so today is technically the final call, but um, as 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 it goes, we've had a lot of agencies ask if they can have a little bit more time. So yeah, of course we'll give them a little bit more time. So it's today, but it's it's probably won't. It will probably be for the next week and a half to two weeks. So it's it's uh, you know it's one of those things when whenever you save a file and you say it's the final version, you know it's not the final version. So it's, uh, well, it's, uh, it's like that. Well, I, I have to say I haven't entered, but I'm going to now. So if you'll give me a week, I I plan on it. I would. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I hope you will, because <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm fascinated. And I no, yeah, no, 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 of course. Much about it. So, and, and I, I just think it's, it's really great to also, you know, look at the awards from a different perspective. And I think that's what pharmaceutical executive is trying to do as well as, you know, having the, the end user judge the work. Um, and I was curious what your thoughts, you know, you have so much experience with awards, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think it will be dependent on what category or what aspect of the work you want them to judge, I suppose. I guess the the best analogy that I can create out of that is that if you were in a cooking competition and if you were to make a roast chicken, would you want to judge it? Well, yeah, I could judge it. I love chicken. (laughs) Or would you want Gordon Ramsay to judge it? Right. Right. It's, it's like you want, you want, again, it depends on the category. You want that specialist Um, who's got a connection to that category so for example if the category is art direction you probably you know you probably don't want an oncologist to give an opinion on art direction or maybe you do maybe you've got an art director turned oncologist I don't know (laughs) but um, I I, I think it depends on the category and I think it depends on on the person judging it and especially and what you're asking them to judge it on I mean certainly if you're there there are categories undoubtedly that would be invaluable to get a perspective from an HCP as well as a patient I think it gets a little bit tricky again this is just my opinion on when it went depending on the cra- more craft more more craft categories but yeah, yeah that's just that's just my perspective yeah, on it no, but yeah I, I, there is value for sure but I think it just depended on the categories yeah I and I think that one of the things you know I was consulted and, you know, my feeling was if you're going to do this, you have to give them criteria. It's not like, you know, as creative directors, we can look at something and know if it's good because of our experience, right? But um, without that experience, you kind of have to give them some some criteria because, it, again, they are not experts, right? But they are the end user. So, yeah, sort of the thought behind that. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I... And it's, it's an interesting one that as well, because I, I, you know, when I, when I was doing can and mm. even all the other award shows, actually, I've done pretty much all of them. Um, there are certain categories that come up and I, I do put my hands up and go, I am not an expert at this. So for example, you've got categories like cinematography, right? Right. And I, I always feel very uncomfortable judging something like that because I am not a cinematographer I am not a director I'm not a DOP now I've worked with them and I've got an opinion on on my own pieces of work on it it's not for me to really know whether something's graded brilliantly or not I I can like something but I don't have that expertise so again I'm just sort of there are there have been many occasions where I, I, I myself have stepped away and just said you've got a maybe there's somebody better to judge this I mean I can give an opinion but I'm not I'm not the best person to really be judging this again just sort of pull back even on last year's award or two years ago we had Tony Kay so Tony Kay is a Hollywood director he made you know he's Oscar nominated he's made American History X and The Departed and you know that guy can talk about cinematography for about eight hours non-stop I I couldn't I couldn't go really more than 80 seconds talking about cinematography so I think criteria yes of course criteria helps but I think depending on the on on that even if you gave me criteria on something like cinematography I still wouldn't feel like I was able to give 
I'm just playing devil's advocate a bit, but yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, no, I think um, area of expertise is incredibly important. And, you know, um, in, in that particular instance, I was like, I, I wouldn't suggest having a dermatologist judge an oncology campaign. <laughs> you know, I know what, what you've done with the creative floor. I, I love that whole aspect and I love the charity aspect of it as well. So, uh, you know, congratulations on being able to really bring such an amazing award show into fruition and have it have it do so well, you know, like you said, up against Cannes and everything else. So yeah, definitely kudos to you for sure. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And Cannes have been really lovely, by the way. I mean, I think what 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 tends to happen in our industry is that, you know, we're we're all part of one community. We're not, you know, of course we're in competition when it comes to pitches and certain things. Sure. But actually we're all really nice. I mean, it's very hard. I've never really met a creative you know, even like yourself or, or people that I've never met before. And you just get on a call and it, there's just an instant connection. Like, I know. It, it was the same with all the other award shows as well. Yeah. Yeah. And even with the Globals and the Clear, all the award shows that I was always asked to go on and help judge, even though, even though they knew I was running the creative floor, then it, it was never really seen. We were never really seen as competitors. We're just part of one community and we've all got the same agenda. It's about, you know, celebrating work, inspiring people to, to do and think better and to connect us all at a, at a moment in time so yeah it was it was it, that was that was amazing yeah. I, t- I tell you that if there's any learnings that I've had was that that fear that I had you know in the first day of founding finding out it was Canal here actually within about two or three months it was like well actually we're, we're all kind of part of the same thing here yeah. um so it's all cool yeah it was all good it is, it is wonderful when you're judging awards like that and all the barriers are broken down. And like you said, you're just all one community. And it's really nice to just separate from, like you said, the competition of, of going up against an agency with a pitch and then sitting in a room with them and judging and, and just becoming friends. It's, it's wonderful. And even your, you know, this award show here, I mean, this is, this is a really great thing to do because it's a different, it's a different way of looking at work. It shows a different a level of diversity as well which is wonderful so I think you know even even having an award show that just you know gives all the work to HCPs and patients is is really interesting so yeah I think it it's all it's all great you know well you know it's the first year we're hoping that we can we can uh you know get some momentum behind it we're super excited and um you know it's it's just been so wonderful talking to you is are there any you know leadership advice that you have that you either were inspired by from somebody else or that you believe in but i mean one thing i i heard many 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 years ago and it, it it always sort of sticks in the forefront of my mind and the forefront of every conversation that i have with people and it's masters serve the people yeah and it's just a little quote and i really yeah. loved it because there's something, there's some, you know, I think, you know, you, we all know when we meet somebody who just inspires us and whether or not you think they're a leader or not, I don't know, but they're very giving with their time and they're very yeah. genuine with it. Yeah. I think uh, the most successful people I've ever met, they've always been the most humble and Thank they've, you. you know, they've always, yeah, they've, they, they've never had to, you know, put anyone down to make them themselves look better or anything like that. So I've always, yeah, I've always sort of just been very inspired by that quote. I just like, I just like hanging around humble, nice people, right? And I think if, if you can do that, then, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not a difficult thing to lead. It's, it's so very true. Well, this has been so wonderful. I appreciate your time so much. And I'm so honored to have you here, Shaheed. And, you know, I look forward, hopefully we'll get a chance to do this again. 
Oh, anytime. No, thank you. It's been, uh, yeah, as I say, it's a, it's a pleasure. It's a privilege not to be on a podcast, but not having to record and edit it. So <laughs> yes, thank you. So, thanks so much. Thank you so much.